Hello everyone and welcome to the fabulous Free Verse Friday edition of the Good News Journal. Uh, I'm your host, King Sean, House of Anden, Hand of Stephen, Kingdom of God, and I have a fabulous edition for you today, I think. Um, I've been putting some more thoughts into uh, motioning the court to uh, vacate the order and suspend the justice, and I am 100% going to do that. Uh, now, whether or not that motion will be heard or acted upon is an entirely different thing altogether, but um, it is a very, very important step for me to do um, because it is essentially my testimony on the record. So um, it, it allows at least the courts and defense counsel, and I'm just telling you, like, worst-case scenario, um, the reason why it's important for me to do this <clears throat> is because, A, it shows that I know that I can, and I think that's actually pretty big. Um, and you know what? I'll get into all the details uh, after the intro. How's that sound? But those are the kind of things that I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, um, later this evening, I'm going to be publishing a post for my free Lance Friday edition on my blog. And uh, I'm prequeling it with this show because... Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that everybody will check that out once I get it done, because uh, that's kind of what I'm excited about putting together today. I have already um, filed the notice of motion with the court, so that's the very first thing that you have to do. You have to give the court notice that you are going to be presenting a motion, and I told you that generally you need to have your dates and all that kind of stuff. Again, I'll touch back on all of this in detail once I start the show, uh, but... I've done that now, and so now I'm basically preparing in my mind to make the actual motion. And I've advised the court that I'm going to be taking 10 pages to do it. And uh, so today, on my Freelance Friday, uh, Friday edition on my blog, I'm going to basically be going over the letter and dissecting why it's incorrect, why it's unreasonable, and why this order should be vacated, and why the justice should be suspended from further adjudication regarding this matter, um, basically to suss it out in my head. <laughs> um, so it's basically, if you will, it's going to be kind of like a rough draft, and I don't have to worry about it because I'm just going to be sharing my thoughts and getting things out as I feel they're relevant, and then I'll have something to go through and look over when I'm actually preparing the formal letter. So, uh, yeah, um, that's why I think it's an exciting show today. Um, there's going to be two things to look forward to. I am planning to publish this prior to my uh, blog post, so I won't have the link available when this is launched, but I will update the post, or sorry, the podcast episode with the link to the Freelance Friday edition once it's completed. So that's what's coming up today. Thank you very much for being here, and uh, back in just a moment. All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, so I guess to start things off, uh, as I mentioned in the uh, intro, I've motioned the court. Uh, so I, well, sorry, I've given notice of motion to the court. Um, that is the first stage. There is a form that goes along with that. Uh, the good news is, and this is something that I didn't know, and just because I hadn't really... I was overwhelmed by the two emails that came in the day after. So I was still trying to put the pieces together because it's very strange. It really is. Um, the one email 
is coming directly from like a separate email from the Ministry of the Attorney General's office. But the email from the court um, is also showing in the email that it's the Ministry of the Attorney General. Like it says that in brackets. So it's, it's uh, you know, um, Ontario, like that. I'm just going to tell you what the email says. Ontario SCJ um, at Ottawa or whatever dot CA or something to that effect. Um, and in brackets, it shows MAG. Uh, and that, you know, whatever, that's, that's normal, I guess. But the email that came in from the sheriff was from that email. And the content of the email, though, that came in did not actually say anything about the courts. Usually it's on, like, a superior court letterhead, you know, like it, it, it'll show, you know, Ontario Superior Courts in the top corner or something. Um, this doesn't. This, this shows the Ministry of the Attorney General. Um, and it's the Sheriff Department. And he's the one that's giving me, uh, or, no, he's not the one giving me the reference number. That, okay, so there was a couple of details that I confused the other day. One of them is that the reference number was actually provided by the Ministry of the Attorney General's office, and that was with an instructional email that was not signed by an individual, just from their office, and then it was uh, basically a, an email from the sheriff that came in just before that uh, that had specific instructions on how to have my motion heard by a judge and that was basically confirming, that was the one that was more or less confirming um, that I had already contacted the right one because he's responding to the same email that he's including as the instructions for motioning to the court. So I'm like, wait a minute, you know, and, and that's why it took a little bit to kind of like put the pieces together because, you know, it's not customary for someone to say, uh, yeah, you want to write me, like, you know, if I was responding to someone, let's say I was the motions person, and I'm giving them instructions on how to motion to me, I, I would basically just say, this is the correct address, you know? I, I wouldn't be like, the correct address is blah, blah, blah. I, I, you know, I had to, like, check that a couple of times to make sure it was exactly the same address that was sending the email to me. So, it was correct, um, and the instructions basically just said uh, that uh, your file, your motion... Uh, filing, the motion file request or whatever should just be attached. So I presume when they say that, they mean the, the form. <laughs> they mean the notice of motion form um, is only to be attached to the email. So I don't need to, like, put it through the online portal. And this is kind of making sense, but this is where I get a little bit confused, too, because generally, before you can do anything, you have to motion to the court that you want, you know, yeah, you have to call and make an appointment, then you make a notice of your appointment to the court and you put your preferred times based on what the booking says and then they get back to you um, and they confirm one of the times that was provided in your booking and then you provide a uh, motion confirmation so you confirm one of those times with the registrar's desk and that has to be t done you know several days I think five before your actual scheduled hearing and then um, you provide your factum of the motion. I'm doing all this by memory, by the way, so like, remember, this isn't legal advice, I'm just telling you. <laughs> uh, from what I remember, then you pre pre bleh, prepare a factum of your motion, uh, and that's basically just all of the uh, 
rules, laws, and uh, evidence that you have that's going to be supporting your motion, everything that you want to present to the justice. And, and then uh, it may be called perfecting the motion. I could be wrong about that, but I think it's something like that. Anyway, um, and then there's, yeah, there's like a final... Uh, there's a final step anyway that's like finalizing the motion, and that's the one that has the light blue colored back page. So once you get it all done, all of those files go together as one motion. Um, and this is why it looks like when you see lawyers in courts and all that kind of stuff, why it looks like they're almost carrying books around with them, you know, because they'll bind these things and whatever, right, just to keep them together and keep them organized. Um, but that's what that's all about. It's just like, you know, probably every little booklet that they have in their stack of files is probably just a different motion that was filed at, at a particular time or something like that. Uh, anyway, what I discovered after reading it in further detail is that uh, basically if you're making an ex parte motion you don't need to really do any of that stuff so I don't need to go down to the courthouse and file first. Um, I don't need to book an appointment because they're all being heard by writing. So it's only if you have an opposed where the other party has to be present as well. And so, you know, it's, there's going to be an actual court, right? Like if there's arguments to go back and forth, then that actually has to come before a judge or a justice or whatever, magistrate of the court. And I don't require that. I'm doing my motion ex parte. This is how she was able to bring her motions to the court ex parte. Um, she probably filed it as an... Um, I don't know. I don't even want to presume to know what she did because, like, I've gone over the form again now, and even in my form, uh, you know, it basically states that I'm asserting that the other parties either have been given notice or do not require notice of this motion. Like, you know, and my I'm presuming they don't require motion of this notice of this motion because, yeah, they'll be opposed to it 100%, but, uh, I didn't get a chance to present my arguments to the court, so uh, the reason that I'm... She she went ex parte without my knowledge, so I'm going ex parte without her knowledge, and uh, I'm expressing that under the rules. So, you know, technically I guess I could be accused of breaking the rules, but um, the fact of the matter is, even if I were to let the defendants know that I'm filing this motion and give them an opportunity to defend against it, I don't believe that they would. Um, because they know they're screwed, uh, dead in the water. They're not going to have anything to say. They'll look even worse. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, uh, I get a chance to present the rest of my materials to the court. They're self-evident, and, yeah, I don't have to go to the courthouse again. So that is the big news that I wanted to share with you because I was telling you that I had to, like, wait. The next stage would be booking the motion and, and arranging a date and whatever. I don't have to do any of that stuff. Um, so in my notice of motion, I basically just let them know that I would be making a motion to the court in writing ex parte, and that it would be made on or before the 29th of July, which is 10 days from the day the determination was made, and, uh, that seems reasonable to me because that is typically how long I would be given from the time that I'm given notice of my defendant's motion to the court. So if everything had gone through the proper rules of civil procedure, um, she would have been a asked for an application to dismiss as uh, frivolous and vexatious.
the court is supposed to give her an opportunity to provide up to 10 letters or 10 pages in a letter as to why she believes the motion should be dismissed as frivolous and vexatious. Uh, I'm supposed to be served a copy of that notice and given an opportunity to present 10 pages of opposed materials, you know, to oppose the motion. Um, and so that's why I determined to go that way. And again, I'm kind of operating, uh, maybe even a little bit arrogantly, but I don't like to think of it that way. I just like to think of it as being optimistic. You know, I, I, I don't want it to be perceived that I'm so arrogant that I believe that, you know, the courts are going to just entertain this because they like me. Um, I don't believe that's the case at all, in fact. Uh, I, I believe that they recognize that this claim has merit. It's that simple. And I believe that they understand how serious the statements made in the claim are. And I think that they recognize that it would be a disgrace to the court to suggest that, that, that it's frivolous and vexatious. And, you know, I would even go as far as to say that, you know, maybe even <laughs> exclusively for the fact that I state that I have sworn an oath to God and the Queen and a representative of God, or and a representative of Her Majesty in any constitutional democratic monarchy is acting in the capacity of Governor General to Her Majesty in his sovereign state of being, or something to that effect. But that line alone, you know, if that's accepted as fact, that puts the court in some really, 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 really hot water if they're dismissing it as frivolous and vexatious. They, they, don't, they can't dismiss a case as frivolous and vexatious when it's brought to them by the Governor General. <laughs> you see? So I think that, you know, like it might sound like a, a ridiculous detail, but that's just it. And I think that was kind of a consensus that was made. And it only took them like 24 hours, not even, to get back to me, right? I, I petitioned the court on Thursday. Defense counsel had petitioned them on the Tuesday. She, she sent them the request letter on the 22nd. The 24th, I was made known of it. I sent my own letter to the court advising them that I don't know about it. I didn't say that in my letter, but, you know, they know now that it's opposed. And this is, what I, this is why I believe she employed this tactic again. I believe that she just filed that initial motion, probably suggested that I did have knowledge of it because she was planning to tell me, even though she hadn't at the time. So she probably said that it was done with my knowledge, but it's being done ex parte and it is opposed. So maybe she said it was opposed. Maybe she said she was going to let me know, um, you know, da-da-da-da. But anyway, that allowed her to make the petition. And then when I sent... Uh, you know, basically they just knew that, you know, she didn't file the proper materials and so they weren't going to entertain it. Um, let's see, what else did I want to talk about today? I think, I think that's the big one, but uh, one thing I can include with this podcast today that is published already is that uh, I'm, <laughs> this is the other reason why I'm not really too, too concerned about what the outcome is. Um, I wrote on a piece of paper the night of the judgment, I think. Um, but either that night or the night after. Um, but I, you know, just to make myself feel better, I had a thought kind of run through my head because I had finished a blog post. And 
it occurred to me afterward that, you know, it's not me that's on trial. It's them. That's the reality. And that is, like, legitimately the power to having an international publication. They know that I'm telling the world what's going on in these courts. And they don't want to do anything that's going to look, like, super, super bad. They want to maintain their reputation. And, aha, yeah, I knew there was something else big that I wanted to talk about. So, um, I don't really know about this, um, but I have a feeling that if you are holding a status as a citizen of Canada and you were to start publishing things about judges and justices in Canada being dishonorable, putting that in front of their name and putting a public notice on the international record or whatever, um, you know, of official government representatives God is officially displeased with. Um, that's the title of that. And there's a whole list of Canadian government people. Uh, Dishonorable Sally A. Gomet, uh, Gomery, see? I know the name, I just can't say it. Um, is at the top of that list now. And, like, as soon as I did that, as soon as I updated it, it was, like, viewed, I don't know, three or four times, which isn't a ton, but um, they were almost instantaneous. Like, this is what I mean about, I'm pretty sure that the government has some kind of, like, tap into my blog or somebody above the government, maybe, I don't know, like, I don't know who, um, but the same thing happened today. I, you know, when I put that uh, notice of uh, motion to uh, vacate the order and suspend the justice, uh, I published it on my blog, and I basically just, you know, put everything on my blog that is was put also into the motion form that I included with my email, and. Uh, and I motioned to the court today by way of email with a PDF attachment of my notice of motion in accordance with the rules of civil procedure. So I filled out the form. I didn't print it. I just kept the PDF of it. And I included that with the email, which is as per the instructions given. And that has and contains all of the very same rules and everything that I'm relying on that are expressed on my blog. So I'll include a link to the notice um, so that you can read it. And the, the purpose for doing that really was just so that, um, A, I, I wanna share what I'm doing with the world anyway. And secondly, I just figured it would be a little bit more user-friendly to read and it's a standalone post. Like I'm actually putting that on my international public notices page too. The secondary intent behind that was that I was thinking more about the, the uh, courts of inherent jurisdiction, right? They have the power to um, inherit the jurisdiction uh, relative to the subject matter that is in front of it. And so if the courts are doing as I perceive they are, uh, based on the previous communication and kind of trying to help me out a little bit there, um, again, they do know that this is being published internationally. And I think that they are potentially acknowledging the fact that they can they can now inherit the jurisdiction that I have on my international publication. So um, that's really big because I'm putting judgments out on the international record. That's a superior court of record. It legitimately is. 
It legitimately is. Um, without a subject matter in front of them, the Canadian courts can only rule on Canadian matters. Um, it would take another individual or somebody from another jurisdiction to enter into that court for the court to be able to inherit the jurisdiction necessary to deal with that matter. That's what inherent jurisdiction means. That's what a competent court means. Um, a competent court can basically be interchanged with the word inherent jurisdiction because that's what it means. They need to have the competence to step up their game to whatever jurisdiction is in front of them. Um, so it could be very, very interesting because um, one of the reasons that they may be so determined to try and get this out of the court is because the moment I win this verdict, then it doesn't just make, you know, my statement of claim that's in the court legitimate, it also makes every other public notice that's out there legitimate. They know that now, all you know, it's not just a joke. Now I can actually take those notices into the court and ask to be compensated for them. Um, because they've set precedents now, that those fines are real, they hold, they stand. Um, so they're, you know, even though they're not going to ever say to me that yes, the notices that you publish on the, you know, on your blog are true and standing, um, that's exactly what this will mean. Um, now, um, in preparing for my motion, I, of course, did a little bit more research. Um, I still need to watch the stupid, boring video again because really, the whole motion thing, like. I find it more complicated than everything else that I've done so far. Um, and again, I've said that apparently it's very, very easy once you've done it a couple of times. I'm sure that is the case. But right now, I mean, I just I just don't know. So in my letter to the court, um, the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to fill out as many of the, as the, of the forms as I know I'm required to fill out. Uh, and I'm also going to kind of put a disclaimer into my plea to the court to just be like, look, you know, with everything that's going on with, with COVID and the fact that I am uh, a self-presented litigant, uh, I would humbly like to uh, advise this court that if there are any motion materials with respect to the court's uh, court forms that are lacking um, and are missing for this motion to be uh, honored, please do, you know, provide me with whatever instruction is necessary so that I can amend my paperwork to be in compliance with the rules. I'm, I'm doing my best to comply with the rules. I'm finding it very confusing. Hopefully I presented all of the court forms that you require, you know, as necessary. If I haven't, um, I'm happy to take instruction to amend any of the uh, forms that are filed to be in compliance with this motion being, yeah, good and accepted. Um, and so one of the things that I found under remedies, which is very interesting, because I told you that, like, on its face, when she makes a comment about how, uh, you know, the defendant, or the plaintiff uh, fines the defendants um, $100,000 and the defendants do not respond to this request and he takes it to be an acceptance of this agreement or something. Um, well, that's exactly what it is. Uh, and 
ironically, under 24.1, which is already the rule that I quoted, that's the only rule, by the way, that I mentioned in my letters to the court. I didn't mention that the defense counsel had violated Rule 1.09. I just said that, you know, to, to dismiss this case um, when it's a matter concerning my inherent rights and these courts have the inherent jurisdiction to provide remedy for those rights, I think it would be a great injustice to, to suggest that uh, the remedy that, that I'm seeking um, under 24.1 is uh, a frivolous and vexatious complaint or something to that effect, you know, and, and they got back to me in 24 hours, basically, and said, okay, you know, whatever they said. I told you a couple of times already. Um, but the sentiment of that letter was not only that they had not heard the motion that had been expressed by defense counsel, um, the final statement was no motion materials have been presented to the court at this time. So, that means that the letters that I expressed to the court also do not count as motion materials. And this is very, very important because the justice makes a determination that because uh, the plaintiff has already had opportunity to present motion materials to the court, I am preventing him from responding to this dot 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 Okay? So, the courts would never intentionally mislead me. That would be devious, right? So if they'd sent me that message and said, yeah, don't worry about it, no motion materials are presented to the court, we're doing everything behind closed doors and we're not going to tell you? No, 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 that's not what they were doing. Um, so, uh, and, and basically, the reason that they wouldn't do that is because sending me that email, you know, if they were going to do that, they would just do that. They would just never have responded to my email, and they would have just done what they did. Um, responding to me, they wouldn't do that, because that gives me evidence that this is not the opinion of the court. And so, you know, it's almost as if they have been reading my blog and do assert that what I'm saying is true, which is that the offices and the courts of Canada are never, ever going to dispute my claim of right to sovereignty. They can't do it. It's impossible. It would look so bad for them. Um, you know, it would be on the international public record that Canada is now a slave colony. <laughs> Not happening. They can't do it. So, um, they're basically supporting that idea by allowing the court as a body without a judge or a justice behind it to respond to me. And that's what I want. <laughs> so, I guess the biggest point that I wanted to make is that when I do make my motion to the court, it is going to actually be, and this isn't even breaking the rules, um, except it was breaking the rules for defense counsel, because, um, but basically, the more I learn about filing motions, the more I discover how she was able to do it, because they do take ex parte and unopposed motions that are, you know, if you're just coming before a judge by yourself, you can do it in writing, and you can do it pretty much any time. So she could make an ex parte urgent motion, and I'm almost guaranteeing that's what she did, um, and probably said that it was urgent in the best interest of the city because, you know, this is going to be extremely costly for the city, and it's a frivolous and vexatious matter, so we need to get this gone, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, we motioned to the court to do this, but they haven't responded to us yet. We need an urgent decision. Okay? 
well, she allowed the justice to presume that she had, like I said, I think that's exactly how she probably presented it to the judge. Um, the judge, then she showed the email to her petition to the court. The judge was like, oh, okay, and they haven't responded yet. You need an urgent decision. Okay. <laughs> now, here's what's even better, though. Um, because now that I do know where she has to send the emails to make these requests, does she really think that the courts don't know what she's up to? Of course they do. And that's probably why everybody at the courthouse was so nervous, because she got an audience with a judge. Um, because it said urgent ex parte or whatever. And I think, I don't know, again, I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but like, really? The evidence that I have is so damning that I legitimately believe they were just giving her the rope to hang herself. And I generally wouldn't take that perspective because that's not something that they would typically want to do to a justice, but who knows? <laughs> who the hell knows what's going on behind the scenes? Who knows what the public opinion is of some of these justices behind closed doors? Like, we get our public opinion, but I mean, when you're actually in that clique of people, right? Like, do the judges actually like each other? Do they get along? Are they good buddies? Um, you know, is there a code? Are there some judges that are liked or not liked? Um, is this a judge that maybe they 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 don't think is, is doing well, but they can't really do anything about it until that judge does something? Do you know what I'm saying? It's not hard to get it, or it's not easy to get a judge out once they get in. And so, I don't know, maybe, like, there's no question in my mind they know how shady the defense counsel is and what the city's been trying to do. Um, but maybe, maybe they're trying to find an associate. Maybe they're trying to find an account, uh, an accomplice who's working for the courts that's trying to uh, push her orders through and get rid of these things. Um, like, legitimately, that's why that expression, like, I wrote on a piece of paper before I went to bed, it's not you that's on trial, it's them. Because it made me feel so much better to think about that, right? And as I was saying in my last podcast, my real dream was to be a journalist, you know, to be, like, some kind of worldwide writer. And, uh... You know, now that's what I am, and I've got a story that's got some real meat and teeth to it, you know, because this is going to make one hell of an international statement. It has already, um, by this decision, like, again, you'll have to just trust that I'm, I'm good with my intuition, because there's no, there's no knowledge of this, really, in my universe, um, but... I really do get the sense that there was, like, an unhappiness, if you will, um, in the macrocosm when the news came out that, you know, whenever it was that I published on my blog that the case had been dismissed and that she'd, she'd managed to get her way, I could feel, like, just kind of like a, an international um, limbo or something. Do you know what I mean? You, you know you know when somebody says something really inappropriate and the whole room just kind of goes silent? <laughs> That's the sort of tension I was feeling after I published my blog, and I don't know why. Like I said, it's just like my intuition, and maybe I am just a crazy person. I don't know. But I trust these things, right? And, and I felt like the world was sad. That, you know, whoever it might be, I definitely, definitely, and I don't care if people think I'm crazy, I know 100%. 
that I have people in high places that are like doing me little solids here and there. Um, I don't think that they're ever going to like do anything that would help me legally. Um, so I, I don't believe that I have friends that are going to get me out of jail or, or do anything like crazy like that. I have little friends that are like promoting blog posts that I write and making them rank higher in search engines than any other blog post that I've ever written. Those are the kind of friends I have. I have friends that have made sure that once I published my SESTA KV, that some reason, you know, 5,000 people would decide to follow me on Twitter in the next, you know, 10 months. My account literally went viral. Same thing with Pinterest. I opened up a Pinterest account, and I literally just wrote on my blog, I'm going to open up a Pinterest account, and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be kind of cool if I could get, you know, 5,000 followers on Pinterest too? Well... Um, it's not actually easy to get 5,000 followers, like, anywhere, uh, really. Um, but, like, you know, even with Twitter or Pinterest, and I literally did nothing. I opened the account, I joined a couple of boards, and I remember, like, I don't know, the first week or two weeks or something, um, like, the maximum number of impressions I would be making with things that I posted to Pinterest would be, like, you know, 14, 10, you know, whatever, and I don't know, like two weeks, I think I had the account before I started getting followers, and they were batches of hundreds of people at a time, so with Pinterest, I literally went from zero to 5,000 in less than two months, and then it backed off, and the same thing happened with Twitter, I went up to 5,000, and then it backed off, I'm at 4,200, I think now, and I think Pinterest is somewhere around like 4,400, so... I don't know, I got like 8,700 maybe between the two, another couple hundred on Facebook, yeah, I don't know, I have close to 10,000 total social media, um, but anyway, uh, what started that tangent, yeah, see, I lose my train of thought, um, okay, well, you know what, uh, that makes for a good time for a break, uh, just telling you about all of the things that are coming up, um, and, uh, yeah, I do know what I was talking about. I was just talking about how serious all of the allegations in this claim actually are, and how quiet the international world seemed to be, or how it felt to me, and, uh, you know, I think they were all just thinking, like, this can't be over, this, like, no, <laughs> that, that can't be the end of it, like, he was supposed to go to the show, you know? Like, that's what I felt, is that the courts were like, no, 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 she has to play ball with you this time. And that's what I want. I want all of this stuff to come out in court. I want to have my day in front of a judge in court. And this is the point that I want to make, is like, the more I sat down and started thinking about the things that I would be saying to, to the judge, the more it made me realize the level of knowledge that I have and why they might actually be giving me the green light to go because I think that if this was ever in front of a judge and it's both parties, as I said, the judge is never going to be the one to stand in the courtroom and try to correct me. <laughs> They're just going to let me make these arguments and have defense try and, you know, it's way better to do it that way, right? Than have a judge standing there looking at me going, uh, I don't know, right? So, um... <laughs> This gives me an opportunity to basically show the courts on how many points this judge is wrong. And I think 100%, because they have the power to, and because I'm giving them that power, um, and I'm not giving it 
like true I could be giving them that power as my status of king and by the assertions that she's made herself in you know asserting that that's what I am but I'm just talking about the powers of the court themselves to basically set aside it specifically states 2.0 uh, 1A and B um, B states that any uh, part of a motion or proceeding or whatever can um, be set aside. An order may be set aside um, in the interest of justice as a remedy for the rules. So, it, like this is specifically talking about uh, 2.0, talks specifically about what powers the court has um, in the interest of preserving justice in the event that someone breaks the rules. And one of those powers is to um, stay an order, um, and it specifically states that. So, one of the reasons I think it's important for me to share this with you is because I am also almost 100% sure, well, not 100%, I'm going to bring that one down to scale it back to maybe 75 <laughs> Uh, I, I do try to only use the, the, the 100% when I'm like 100%. Um, and uh, this, this really is more like a 75% thing. And see, I forgot my point again, but I did remember. <laughs> um, is that. Uh, and, and like normally, um, th the moment that order comes down, most self-presented litigants um, are going to think it's over. And I would suggest, and this is where I'm the 75%, I think that at least 75% of people who have a lawyer or an attorney, okay, the moment that that decision came down, would also be telling their, you know, whoever it is that they're defending or, or representing, that it's over, you know, yeah, the judge made a decision, it's been dismissed as frivolous and vexatious, sorry, you're SOL, okay? I don't think they would be telling you, uh, well, uh, you know, actually, defense counsel broke the rules because they, and you know what, truth be told, maybe this would just never happen if I were a lawyer, because they know that they would be able to do this, um, but I believe, and this I am 100% sure about, um, that defense counsel believes that because I'm not a lawyer, I'm going to be too stupid to know that I can still do something after it's dismissed. And this is why I'm making the motion ex parte, because everything she's done has been ambush tactics, and this is also the reason I decided to publish it on my blog that is of significance, because I want to, as I've mentioned to you before, I want to try and remain in honor. And I don't want to just start resorting to the same kind of tactics that she's been using um, because that just brings me down to her level. You know, it's like when somebody starts making ad hominem remarks and calling you names because they can't, you know, come up with something intelligent to say to an actual point that you're making so they insult you. You know, if you come back and start insulting them, well, you know what? You, you just won the argument and now you're losing again because you're stooping to their level so I don't want to do that I want to hold my head high I want to take the high road and by publishing it on my blog I'm not keeping it from her 
but I'm also not telling her. I'm being completely open about what I'm doing on the international record, and if she wants to keep up with my blog and find out what I'm doing and, and knows that I'm going to be uh, filing a motion to dismiss and, you know, vacate the judge and suspend the justice, great, then she knows, and she can take whatever action she feels is appropriate, but, um, you know, I can almost guarantee you that she is so arrogant that the moment that decision came down, she's like, oh, thank God we won. And she's never going to think about it again. Last thing she wants to do is go on my blog and find out what I'm writing because she doesn't care. She doesn't think there's anything I can do about it anyway. And that's all she wanted to do was save the city of Ottawa for another day. All right, so that's the first half of my show. It might be the totality of my show, in fact, today. Um, not sure if there's anything more that I really need to say. Um, this is really kind of... Um, a sales pitch, if you will, for what is going to be my big project today. Uh, I'm very excited about the Freelance Friday edition I'm going to be publishing on my blog, and the reason for that is because I'm going to be going through the Justice's determination, the things that she's asserted to be true for my statement of claim, the rules I'm going to be using in my letter, and the arguments that I'm going to be using in my letter. Like, everything I want to get out, I'm going to be putting onto my blog, and then that is going to be refined and placed into my letter. So it's kind of a preview of what's coming for the courts. Um, as I told you in this show today, uh, my plan is, well, not my plan, I've already put in a notice of motion. I told them that I would be making my motion to the court on or before Thursday. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to look into whatever other forms I might need to get to them before I do that. I don't think there's anything else I need to get to them right away. I think everything else can be included, like as far as court forms go, I think everything can be actually included with my claim, or with the motion when I make it, uh, but I'm going to look into that kind of stuff, and uh, yeah, so this is how the process begins for me, um, because of course this has been going over in my mind like a broken record for the last couple of days, you know, thinking about different points from both my statement of claim and from her determination. Um, that are completely out of chronological order, just randomly ideas popping into my head. So this is the day that I get them all out onto paper in some kind of cohesive format and start organizing those ideas for what will be, I believe, one of the best letters I am ever going to write. And uh, I will be very surprised if it doesn't move the court, but I'm telling you, if it doesn't move the court, it's going to move the audience on my blog, and I'll be happy to let this matter rest as having that be my final statement because uh, I am. I'm going to assert every single point in that letter as being a fact of truth, including the fact that I am acting on Her Majesty's service and that I am a Governor General to Her Majesty and that I could have her arrested if I wanted to. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, that's what you've got to look forward to. So tune into that. Uh, I think this is going to be the end of my show for today. I'll probably just come back and say a little uh, good night. Um, but do check out my fabulous Freelance Friday edition on my blog. Um, if you're interested in this stuff at all, um, yeah, you're going to want to know exactly how I plan on attacking this uh, ridiculous order that was passed. Uh, so thank you very much for being here. I'll come back to say good night in just a minute. Stay right there.
All right, that's it, everybody. Thank you very much for being here. I also want to thank you for your continued patronage. That really does mean a lot to me. And uh, I know my last show was, like, really long, 91 minutes, an hour and a half. And I was thinking to myself, oh, man, nobody's going to want to listen to that. Uh, you know, who's going to want to sit and listen to me ramble for, like, however long? And <laughs> wouldn't you know? <laughs> um, might not sound like a lot to you, but, like, really, within the first 24 hours, I had five people listen to that call. That's pretty, pretty great for me. So whoever you are, thank you very much. Um, I don't imagine anybody would listen to that one twice. So, uh, you know, that, that was kind of nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, even if there's only one of you out there, and I know there, there's a lot more than that, so um, your being here is the reason I keep doing the shows. That's really it. So thank you very much. I love you all. Have a wonderful night. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Simple Solutions Saturday edition of my podcast. Uh, this is the Kingdom of God podcast, and we are talking about how to uh, basically stand on our inherent rights and claim them in a court of law, or at least we're trying very hard. <laughs> and uh, I have, uh, I think, a very, very good episode for you today, one that uh, people who are into this kind of stuff are really going to enjoy, because I have now kind of put out the better part of a rough draft on what it was that I wanted to articulate to the courts, and when I say a rough draft, you'll see what I mean, because uh, I have a more polished version of that for anybody who did check out my blog post yesterday, and I'm going to be reading that to you here first today. Um, I probably will publish it on my blog before I actually file it with the courts. I have until Thursday to file it with the courts, but... Um, one of my plans is that I want to get it out there on the international public record first, and that way they they kind of get a heads up of what's coming their way, um, because I know that there are people out there reading my blog and communicating potentially decisions to be made by the courts. So it would be nice if uh, there's a sentiment, you know, knowing how they're going to respond to this before it even arrives. Um, that's the intent anyway. So uh, stay right there. I got a great episode for you today. When I come back, I'm going to read you my email letter to the court um, as I have it right now, and uh, we'll see how that changes over the next, you know, few days as we move toward uh, the time I actually file it. Stay right there. Back in a moment. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. So, uh, dear sir or... <laughs> actually, I did it in reverse. It's uh, dear madam or sir. I suppose before we begin, I should start by letting you know how I can, how you can even hear me before I can show you what role I am asking of these honorable courts to play. Under Rule 2.011b of the Rules of Civil Procedure, it states that only where and as necessary in the interest of justice may set aside a proceeding or a step, document or order, in the proceeding, in whole, or in part. The bold italics are intentional, as is my unusual use of capital letters. I've noticed it's quite common in law. The rules are always given a capital. I believe capital letters are used to bring attention to words of importance. This tells me that the rules of the court are important. My word is my will, and my will was given me by God. God always gets a capital. You will also notice that my unusual use of capital letters does not change the context of my arguments or their meaning in English. 
The court is provided with the power to act under Rule 2.011b as a result of the effects of noncompliance under Rule 2.011 and 2.011a. This is where it gets a little interesting for me because you already know this. I legitimately believe the order was a mistake. Defense counsel petitioned the court privately and without my prior consent in violation of Rule 1.09. Exhibit to show the email. I was not told about this until Thursday, June 24th, at which time defense counsel told me she had filed a motion with the court to dismiss as frivolous and vexatious. I know petitioning the court privately is a serious breach of the rules, and I believe that because I'm not a lawyer, defense counsel felt I would perhaps be too stupid to know, and that she could take advantage of my ignorance. I did not let her know. I was only asking of her when the motion was scheduled to take place and when I would have my opportunity to oppose the motion. She told me it was already done and that she would share the email with me so that I can write the court too. I did write the court in opposition of her motion, and again, this is why this feels strange and unusual for me because the courts already know this. Exhibit 2. The courts will also know that I received a reply to that motion, Exhibit 3, and it was communicated to me very diplomatically that no motion materials had been filed. The courts were not entertaining the motion made by defense counsel because it had been made in violation of the rules. I presumed defense counsel had also received the reply from the court. She did not, Exhibit 4. She failed to produce any defense materials and was asking of me for more time on Monday the 12th, three days after the 20-day period provided for by the rules because she was still waiting for an answer from the court and presuming the court had honored her request to not be noted in default. Perhaps I made the mistake of telling her the court had responded to me and was not entertaining the request because it was not a properly filed motion. I noted the defendants in default on Monday afternoon and Mike, registrar, will remember me. When I returned to the courthouse on Wednesday requesting additional information to book my requisition for default judgment, I learned the defendants were no longer noted in default and that defense had entered a statement of intent to defend. I was not given notice and was completely ignorant of what was taking place with my case file. A perfectly good affidavit of service was also pulled from my case file by Steve Pardue, even after being checked and endorsed by two registrars previously, including himself. He continued to refuse acceptance, even with proof of email service on all of the defendants, showing an attachment and of the statement of claim and confirmed by way of email that the statement of claim had been forwarded to their legal counsel, Genevieve Langley. I requested to speak with a supervisor to complain about Steve refusing acceptance of my affidavit of service, and the determination from the judge came in while the supervisor was investigating. The response is not a reply to the letter requisition made by email on June 22nd by defense counsel, and I know you, the courts, know this. This was a new motion to the court once again made in violation of Rule 1.09. My belief is that the courts were every bit as blindsided by this as I was. Defense counsel has committed perjury and fraud on the court of record with intent to influence justice and in violation of the rules of civil procedure. She, she was successful in her fraud, and that is perhaps the most concerning point for both of us, and why I believe it is both in the interest 
in the best interest of justice, the reputation of Canada's courts, and all parties concerned that this document, ordered to dismiss by Sally A. Gomery, be stricken from the record completely. Otherwise, the judge is also guilty of perjury and fraud on a court of record, and that determination was made in ignorance of the facts, influenced by defense counsel's incomplete and partial motions testimony. Those are the foundational arguments that allow you to hear this motion in accordance with Rule 2. This will, undoubtedly, be one of the most difficult letters I am compelled to write. Despite the king thing, I am, in fact, a very modest man. The only things in this world I claim to hold supreme claim of right upon are my life, free will, my God-given name, and my father's land. These are all part of my rightful inheritance under God in any common law jurisdiction, and no man on this earth has any right of trespass upon my real estate. That very much includes the sacred calling of my name given me by God and the position of office I choose, free will, to hold as a king and rightful heir to God's kingdom. I am a spiritual man, and I have claimed a spiritual non-commercial life. I clearly know and understand the difference between the living man and the artificial juridic person created by the state. That is precisely why King Sean, House of Onden, Hand of Stephen, Kingdom of God, is the legal and lawful private attorney for the artificial person, and why I insist that the expression of that artificial legal person shall only be expressed in the style of Capitus Diminutia Minimus, or Sean Von Den. I know only too well that a living man cannot exist on paper and must be expressed as a legal entity. I also know and understand that Sean Von Den is a perfectly good legal and lawful entity known as the natural person or private person in law. I am a natural person in law. Perhaps I should have articulated these concepts more clearly in my statement of claim, though my presumption is that those trusted to act as magistrates of Canada's courts would know and comprehend these concepts well enough it should not be necessary. What is more troubling for both of us if this order remains on the record is that if we accept the order made under penalty of perjury to be fact, then the judge has asserted the following facts under penalty of perjury. 59. The plaintiff, Sean Von Den, has sworn allegiance to God and the Queen, in that order. A man who swears an oath of allegiance to God is holding a position of office as king in God's kingdom, the holy temple of man's mind, body, and soul. A man who swears an oath to serve God and the Queen in a constitutional democratic monarchy is also holding a position of office as Governor-General to Her Majesty in his sovereign state of being. A trespass upon a King or a Governor-General to Her Majesty in a constitutional democratic monarchy is an act of high treason. The judge acknowledges that I am a spiritual man holding a position of office as Governor-General to Her Majesty and a King in my own divine right, and continues to assert under penalty of perjury that the defendants have demonstrated intent and willful determination to offend, antagonize, and to diminish the plaintiff Sean Von Den's legal status in law. Sean Von Den is continually deprived of his own means of subsistence by the City of Ottawa. 73. Trespass upon a man's right to freely dispose of his natural wealth without prejudice to foreign, Canada, City of Ottawa, obligations is to hold a man in bondage and servitude to the state. And while the judge attempts to characterize my complaint of trespass upon my international rights as unparticularized, I very clearly indicate the two rights binding upon Canada in accordance with the UNCCPR I wish to freely enjoy. 56. It is well known by the defendants that Sean is asking of them to honor their international obligation to him under the United Nations Covenant on Civil and Political Rights binding upon Canada, and in particular, Article 1, Section 1, all peoples have the right of self-determination. 
by virtue of that right, they freely determine their political status and freely pursue their economic, social, and cultural development. And two, all peoples may, for their own ends, freely dispose of their natural wealth without prejudice to foreign obligations arising out of international economic cooperation based upon the principle of mutual benefit and international law. In no case may a people be deprived of its own means of subsistence. The Ontario Superior Court has the power and authority to hear this matter because it is a co court of competent jurisdiction, as determined by Canada's Department of Justice. Rule 24.1 provides the Ontario Superior Court with the power to provide relief and remedy for trespasses upon charter rights and Canton Canada's international obligations binding upon Canada. A trespass upon a right is a form of harm, tort, and is the cause of a justifiable action. If it is clear that there has been a violation of one's rights or that harm has been done, Rule 2.011 does not apply. The courts have a duty and a responsibility to provide relief and remedy where it is clear that harm has been done. The judge does not deny that harm has been done or that trespasses upon my rights have taken place. By way of her own determination, the justice has trespassed upon my inherent rights just by referring to me in her determination as Mr. Von Den. Mr. or Master is a distinctly different position of office to that which a king or governor general is holding, and the style of address is also distinctly different. By way of her own testimony and under penalty of perjury, the judge has abdicated her duties and responsibilities as an officer of Canada's courts and has committed high treason by way of her own convictions and assertions of her determination. I trust we can both see why this is in the best interest of justice, the courts, and the judge who made this determination to have this order stricken from the record. I trust the court will determine appropriate action for the false testimony and perjury of defense counsel regarding this matter and why it will be appropriate to suspend the justice from any further determinations regarding this matter for conflict of interest. As I do believe this determination was made in error and without all the facts, I am going to forgive Sally A. Gomery as I believe she was unfairly influenced to make this determination, and I will also remove her name from the international public record of elected officials God is officially displeased with, and she may continue to hold her position of office in honor. All right, peeps, uh, very curious to know what you think. And, um, yeah, that was something else I actually wanted to kind of make almost uh, almost critical to the show today. Is that, uh, I don't know if there's like a comment section um, on my podcast or whatever, but uh, I would legitimately um, love to hear anybody's thoughts with respect to that letter. Um Sorry, I had my laptop out here because that's where I was reading the letter from, so uh, it was getting in my way. I had to put it aside and you know, not break it in the process. Um, but really, I don't know. When I, when I wrote that letter, I can't really explain it, but um, I wanted to share it with you, and it's very strange. But when I tell you that, you know, I'm thankful to have you here and, uh, you know, I love you, take care of each other, like, that stuff is real, man. <laughs> um, I mean it. I don't even know who you are, but I do. I, I love you and you help me. Um, even though, you know, you're just sitting there listening to my words. Um, the fact that people are listening to this and the fact that people want to listen to this, um, 
it makes me want to share it. And when I think about how I'm going to be talking about these things, my, you know, premonition or, or consideration of that even, uh, basically, you know, stimulates new neurons in my brain that, that help me to articulate ideas that I might not otherwise have come up with. And, uh, you know, so you are basically largely responsible for that. I, uh, I told you that I was going to be writing that uh, post last night, um, comparing the judge's order to my statement of claim and uh, basically just getting out all of my arguments and thoughts and everything else um, in a rough draft on my blog. And believe it or not, that's, that's exactly what that was. Um, and you can see how dramatically different that blog post is from the letter that you just read or heard. Um, that I just read and you heard, uh, and, you know, the thing is, as I started in my mind thinking about writing that same, like, you know, getting out all those points that I'd put in my rough post on my blog to the people that I'm appealing to, um, and that's what I am doing, like, you know, appeal is very interesting word, right? Because are you going to proposition a man or woman that doesn't appeal to you? <laughs> See? Right? And so, I wish to appeal to them. I want my motion to be appealing. I want them to like it. I want it to empower the courts. I want it to ingratiate the courts. I want it to absolve the judge of her wrongdoing because she did do wrong. 100%. And... And... You know, as I started to think about these things, and, you know, and even just, like, looking at them on my blog, I was like, oh, my goodness. The courts must be freaking. And they must be. How bad does that look? Right? But they're not just going to, like, go in there and say, uh-oh, no, we can't do that, da 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 da, da. Like, they're not going to respond to my international publication immediately. Yet, anyway. Uh, they might, eventually. <laughs> um, like, there might come a day where, really, all I have to do is, like, take a you know, take an order home and go up and put it on my blog and say why it's wrong and why it's fraud and why it needs to be stricken from the record. And there may come a day when they are actually paying so much attention to my blog that that will just actually happen because they don't want to disgrace the courts. Um, and the longer that's out there, the longer it's disgracing the courts. So right now, I think they're, you know, I think that's where this came from. I, I do, I, you know, and the more I thought about it, the more sense it made. I was like, of course, that's why they would email me the next day. They're like, okay, we would love to help you, but, you know, you gotta give us, you gotta give us some, you gotta give them some fuel. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good metaphor and it's just not formulating. But, you know, that's what it is. I've got to give them, I've got to give them an appealing presentation. Um, and so there's another good word, right? I was thinking about you and, uh, you know, doing doing a podcast. Like, that's just it, you know? Like, I, I wrote the letter, and what did I want to do? I wanted to tell you. I wanted to talk to somebody about it. And, you know, I don't know you, and maybe it's because of COVID, and, like, everybody's, like, been... But I'm always kind of, like, you know, a hermit anyway, even if it wasn't COVID. So... I don't really think that's it, but it might be intensified a little because of that. But, yeah, like, just talking to you makes me feel better. And, you know, 
your presence is my gift and hopefully you know my gift is is your presence uh, you know uh, I don't know did I just say that backwards twice anyway <laughs> um, I, I think I said the same thing twice except in reverse but you know what I mean I, I mean to say that you know I hope that this is a gift to you as you are a gift to me so um, you know my present is your gift there is that's what I wanted to say <laughs> you know my present is your gift and your presence is my gift uh, yes <laughs> that was the thought I wanted to communicate so um, and yes I have I, I am smoking a little bit of weed that's why you hear the lighter go off all the time if you ever hear that that's because I've got a joint going and it keeps going out because I'm talking and not smoking it uh, so I'm gonna be doing that again oh and now I just dropped it see anyway um, yeah, don't judge, by the way. Uh, you know, it's not for everybody, but it, it, trust me, for some people it's good stuff. For me, it's really good. Like, actually, right now, I'm actually smoking just some really, 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 really crappy shake <laughs> uh, that a friend gave me. It's not even it's not even real, you know, homegrown bud or anything like that. It's just, uh, but it's perfect because it's, like, so mild. Um, I swear to you, the older I get, the more sensitive I am to the stuff. And even if I do have a joint, like I can, if it's real stuff, I can only take like one or two puffs and then I'm done. Um, and that's good for a few hours. Uh, so, um, anyway, enough about my recreational habits. Uh, like, I, I do. I just think that, that they're basically saying, you know, come on, you got to give us a reason and, and make it a good one. And, you know, like they want to, but, but they're hoping that whatever I give to them is enough in in conformity with the rules of civil procedure that they can actually apply it so you see that why I put the rules in there and uh, one thing I'm going to do I guess before I close out my letter to them um, I'm still working on it. it's not quite done I do believe it was 11 minutes and 37 seconds long haha <laughs> not a coincidence there either um, but uh, I still think it's considerably less than 10 pages and that's what I want to do I want to try and you know send a short but sweet message because I can like dissect this and rip it apart and say as much more as I wish on my blog you know like all I want to do is make the most critical points in this letter short sweet to the point and I know that I am a little bit long-winded but the long-windedness that I put into my letter I don't want to be you know just dissecting all of the fraudulent statements that are made by the judge I could do that that was one of the approaches that I took after reading my rough draft I was like man I could just go through and, and circle every single one and then put them in a list and you know this is how many counts of fraud there are on the record um, but uh, like really I don't think the courts are stupid I think they knew immediately immediately they were just like uh oh <laughs> So, you'll notice that I said in my letter, I believe this was a mistake, and I really genuinely do, because the courts would not have communicated to me that they were not hearing that motion, and then pass it off to a judge to make judgment on it, without providing them with the additional emails that they would need to be able to make an informed decision. So, yeah, they just don't work that way. It's, it's embarrassing for them. Uh, and so what's happened now is now... They don't really like to overturn judges' decision, and they don't like it when judges make incorrect decisions because that just tarnishes the whole reputation. You know, they're not supposed to. Um, if you're a licensed bar attorney, by the way, did you know you're not even allowed to criticize a judge's decision? True. So, um, 
this is why I say it might actually be a benefit to me that I'm not a lawyer and uh, you know this might be an additional benefit to someone else who's not represented by a lawyer that the lawyer's position may be that privately their contract with the court says no you can't question the judge so they might not even be able to apply for rule 2.1 because of their own private contract with the court so I don't know I'm just speculating but uh, how many times do you hear of, a, of an order getting overturned um, without it being moved to an appellate court and I'm not you know it hasn't happened yet right we haven't had success yet but it's weird people I'm feeling success I am not like um, and it's also strange that I'm not feeling success in such an invested way that I'm going to be disappointed if it doesn't happen. You know, it's just like, this is like, it's like a free lottery ticket or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, uh, you know, they played every dirty trick in the book and they managed to get their way again. Um, but what the world is beginning to see, and I think the reason that there's more people listening to shows like this listening to me in general is because the longer I'm on this road and the longer I keep making these arguments and the longer it is before someone is able to stand before me and prove me wrong you know remember we were asking about is silence consent well kinda kinda yeah <laughs> because if you can't come back at me with a defense then I just won and like that doesn't seem true but this is where the uh, position of the offices as a body versus the people and individuals that I'm dealing with are so vastly different. And because I'm motioning the court privately in a letter, ex parte, um, I don't actually need to have an audience with a judge. I'm writing the very same email address that I, you know, that she petitioned to in the very beginning. <laughs> and so, yeah, this part that I wanted to include in my letter, uh, I want to let them know that um, I've published my intentions online. And I am making this motion ex parte, but I'm not doing it without counsel's I'm not giving counsel notice, but I'm not doing it without their knowledge. It's on the public record if they're following what I'm doing. They have as much opportunity to know that I'm making this motion as anybody else does. And everything else they did was ex parte and without my consent and without my knowledge, which is in violation of the rules. So I am making this one last ex parte da 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 because you already know how many rules she broke. And I think you're probably just waiting for my pleading. Now, I'm not going to be that direct. But, um, you can, well, you read what I've written already, and I'm pretty direct. But, a couple of the other things I wanted to touch on is that, uh, I did feel overall, after reading my own, you know, mishmash of thoughts on my blog, the rough draft, that, uh, you know, the real reason I'm doing this, people, is because I, I deeply am a spiritual man. Like, you know, I came here for these reasons, and... Um, you know, what if? Like, seriously, that, uh, again, I don't know, it's kind of a hard thing to talk about, but, like, really, what if I actually do understand all of this stuff more than 
you know, the Registrar General that's in that position of office right now in Canada and the Finance Minister and whatever, like, what if they are legitimately just puppets? And I, li like, I do think that's what it is. Um, in the 24.1 section of remedies on the Canadian Charter of Rights, uh, just Google that and you'll probably come up with a page. I'll see if I can remember to put a link maybe with this post, but if you go and look at it, um, it talks about the uh, effective remedies um, for dealing with uh, state actors who trespass upon the inherent rights of people. And one of those effective remedies is to fine them. <laughs> a monetary penalty can be effective in deterring future trespasses. So, you know, even the things that I've been doing somewhat instinctively, placing them on notice of criminal liability, telling them how much I'm going to charge them, guess what? 100% foundation in law in our courts. It is defended by our courts, and uh, I can prove that with, like I said, if I forget to put the link in, just Google um, Department of Justice 24.1 Remedies, okay? One in brackets, okay? No problem, that's going to come up for you, guaranteed. Um, and then just scroll down, uh, I think it's number three, um, like I, 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 little I, um, the one with the dot on top. Um, go down to that and uh, it says damages and what's appropriate for damages so um, you know it's whatever amount is appropriate to stop the crime and that's why I said that it's potentially true that I might actually get a judgment that awards me more on the premise that I told them gave them fair warning of how much I was going to charge them if they repeated that trespass against me and it was determined later to be a violation of my rights. That's how much I was going to be asking for in compensation. And they didn't listen. So that was not sufficient to prevent further trespass. And so it was times two. It was 200,000, right? So maybe the justice will decide that maybe it should be, uh, you know, 200,000 per offense or per letter of my name. <laughs> uh, you know, I can start to make things whatever and then, you know, we establish precedents, and then, you know, then I can show the precedents to other government officials who are causing me harm, and, you know, it stops. Legit, it stops. And that's why this determination is so troubling, because, uh, you know, I, I had the feeling that maybe, worst case scenario, I didn't think she was going to get away with frivolous and vexatious, because I knew the courts were not, you know, that the courts in and of themselves as, a, as, as an impartial body were not doing that. And uh, now the evidence shows that, which is why I think they want to get this off the international record as well, as quickly as possible. Um, but, you know, <sighs> oh man, I just had a message come up on my phone and it distracted me. Uh, <laughs> I should I, see. There's a reason to never look at your phone while you're talking. Um, but anyway, I wanted to appeal to them on uh, in my letter. I wanted to kind of like you're supposed to be motioning the court, so I wanted to move the people reading my letter and try to put them in in the perspective of where I'm at. I legitimately am just a spiritual man who wants to live a spiritual life. Okay, I understand we live in a friggin' commercial world. Okay, and I'm willing to like do whatever is legal and lawful within that capacity so that I can enjoy my life free 
from any, you know, suggestion of oppression and bondage. And it has to stop. It really does. And, you know, this lawsuit... Oh, I, I know what I was going to say. Is that what I figured that they were going to do, um, because I didn't think that the courts were going to allow this to be disputed as frivolous and vexatious, I thought the only thing they might challenge me on was, you know, why do you believe you you, you are entitled to $100,000, you know, for, for them doing this? And, you know, might ultimately determine that it was less or more. Um, and I'd already kind of sussed out in my mind how I was going to deal with that. And again, the more I go over it, and the more I imagine in my mind, like, what a pretrial would look like, what this is going to look like when all the evidence comes out. Um, truly, because I believe that they've tried so many devious things, and so much so that she was willing to perjure herself on a court of record. And it's one thing to get caught with violating the rules, but now she's gone way too far. She's influenced justice. She's entered documents of fraud onto the record. Um, and these are the reasons why I'm very confident that my motion is going to stand, because... I believe the way that I'm presenting the inf information to them is just so clear and, you know, without question that they can't, they can't just keep fraudulent documents on the record. They just can't do that. Uh, so that's why I think it's going to succeed. I don't want people to think that it's going to have anything to do with, you know, the courts playing favorites if it does pass. Um, yeah, like, I don't want to... That's, <laughs> that's something else I wanted to communicate on this call. I do forget some of the things I want to say because I'm so grateful for everybody who's listening to this um, I would like people to pay attention to the fact and remember that I really am not a lawyer um, I'm very clear about that 99% of the time and uh, you know I am a king but and I have you know I have taken some steps with filing paperwork at, with Canada's Ministry of the Attorney General and the Registrar General's Office and really this is what I've been emphasizing on my blog, is that like people can say that the things that I've done in Canada's courts don't mean anything because nobody's responding to them. Well, I've filed a whole ton of notices into Wellington counties. Like, you know, I let them know how I'm going to be paying for things with my thumbprint. I, uh, you know, I asked government services to uh, basically provide me with um, a, a finance minister. <laughs> I did. And, you know, that wasn't honored, but the request is on the court of record. Um, and all of these other things, right? And they don't respond, but that doesn't mean that they don't stand. If, if they're not responding and rebutting and saying that I'm not this or I'm not that, they have already, like, they already accepted that I am. And now I'm giving them orders and they're just not following them. So the more I think about it, the more I do actually think that maybe Sean Kearney's letter was not really intended to offend me as much as I was offended by it. Um, remember, hindsight is twenty twenty, um, And I think he might have been inviting me into court and basically telling me, like, you're going to have to learn the ropes. And that's what I'm trying... That's basically the um, thesis of what I'm saying... For anybody who's like listening to this as some kind of like guidance, um, I'm I'm going to ask you to pay as much attention to you as you can to all the stuff that I say is nonsense, <laughs> um, because I do think it's nonsense. I do think the rules are ridiculous in many cases, um, 
I do think some of the forms are like ridiculous. I, I do think it is like way overly complicated for the compli like for the common man to access the courts. And at the same time, um, you know, I think that the order that I'm doing things in is the most beneficial. Like learn the law first, learn international law, learn the laws of your country, learn the codes and statutes and acts that, that apply, learn where those remedies are provided for that you that you know you're going to want to ask for at some point so like find out where those provisions are in your system and then once you're really really well versed in all of that stuff then i would say you know launch your first claim and get your feet wet and you know follow the rules and find out become familiar with the rules of the court for your own country um, and the rules of civil procedure for your own country because they are important they're not law um, and in many cases I've said before that it shouldn't matter you know what you do blah 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 as long as your arguments are good um, a judge is just gonna send you away stay the proceedings and tell you to amend your pleading or whatever it is and in many cases that is true and that is what they should do but you know why <laughs> uh, you know you don't want to you don't want to have a judge telling you, like, I can't make sense of this. Go and, and, and bring it back to me in compliance with the rules so that I can make sense of what you're trying to say here. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Again, the thesis that I'm trying to say is that it has nothing to do with any of that paperwork. I mean, there's a lot of paperwork that I filed, and I think it might have some weight... Um, Well, I think it might have some weight with making people nervous at the registrar's desk. But as far as, like, you know, I'm not getting any special privileges. You know, and if I was, this wouldn't have happened. Like, really. That's that's what would have happened. I mean, the powers that be, they can do anything. Um, they, could, they could overturn this the moment they found out what was going on. Um, but they didn't. And uh, if you did read my blog post yesterday, one of the quotes that I put on it was from the Bible, but it's from Matthew, and it's relative to the courts. Both of the quotes that I did were, um, one of them is from Romans, and it says not to be afraid of the authorities of this world, because the authorities of this world were put there by God, they were ordained by God, yada, yada, yada. And I believe all of that stuff, okay? Um, because if you read further, um, despite having said all of those things that we might not agree with, it does say, he says, because those who do the good works will find that those people who have been ordained by God in positions of power will be the servant to those of the good works. They are your ministers and your, you know. So that's the first part is that, and I'm beginning to realize that Romans is talking about the courts, by the way, specifically. That's why it's Romans, right? This is all Roman law. So, um, and the bottom punchline of that was that remember that, uh, it is their continuous duty to minister to the man of good works. Okay, that's their, like, number one priority, is to always be looking out for the spiritual man in court and to make sure that they serve him and, you know, um, you know, pay tribute unto him. So the good man is to pay tribute to the courts, and the courts will pay tribute unto him. So... I'm trying to take that stuff to heart. I put that, you know, I don't, I didn't put that quote on my blog by coincidence either, people, because I'm not going to put 
Um, I don't think I'm going to put any. I might put Matthew in my last letter. But you know what? I haven't used any biblical quotes in this one so far. And I'm just kind of like going on the fact that I'm a spiritual man in my own right. But I'm, yeah, I don't know. I might throw Matthew in there. I might not. Um, but Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on asking and you will receive. Um, keep on seeking and you will find. And keep on knocking and it will be open to you. Um, I have my own version of that. And uh, mine goes a little more like this. Keep on as king. And it will be given. Keep on see king. And you are found. Keep on no king. And it is open. So, basically... I think people will understand what I'm saying there, but, um, you know, know you're a king, so that's what the first part is, like, keep on, keep on, keep on, keeping on as a king, keep on as king, and it will be given to you, so, you know, don't be afraid to say who I am in Canada's courts, I'm not, <laughs> they know that, and the funny thing is, that's where the whole, like, remember when I said, like, when this comes out? The, the fines that I'm asking for might seem very, very small compared to, you know, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, because it's either true or it's not true, right? I'm either a king or I'm not. Well, it is true. And so, you know, once the weight of that hits the court, it's like, uh-oh, those, you know, um, so now we've got the judge for high treason um, on her own admissions. That's, that's what kills me. She's placed onto a court of record that, you know, she she is now subservient to me as a officer of the court where she has contested in a sworn record on Canada's court that I am a king. So, you know, I have a feeling the courts are, like, legitimately saying, okay, uh, so we, we do, as a body, the courts, recognize that you're a king. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? Oh, I just ruined the family. <laughs> Oh, well. Uh, you know, kids, if you're out there and you heard that, guess what? It's part of growing up, and there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't do anything bad to anybody. Um, and, uh, yeah. And it basically uh, means that you're fornicating under the consent of God's kingdom. Of the king. Fornicating under consent of the king. Okay, so, you're allowed. Um... Anyway, uh, yeah, um, thanks for being here. I think I'm going to stop my rambling and make myself some dinner. So, uh, yeah, uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, too. Um, I'll be back. I'll be pondering this uh, for the next couple of days and sharing any additional thoughts that I might have. But the overall sentiment is right now that uh, I'm, like, in a very, very good place mentally. Um, I've started painting again. That's how good I'm feeling. And... You know, this isn't something that I'm, I'm, like, very, very prone to talk about because I generally have, like, exceedingly good health. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I used to get eczema once in a while, like, around the corners of my nose if I was really stressed out when I was younger um, or working too many hours, that kind of thing. But it was always stress-related. And I just started using vitamin E gel to take care of it. But when this thing happened, 
Um, when I say that I was like more stressed than I've ever been in my entire life, that was no understatement. And uh, I developed like what looked like psoriasis on the top half of my thighs. Um, and, you know, near the nether regions, so not, not something I really wanted to talk about, and I didn't really know what the hell was going on. <laughs> but thankfully, it's gone away. Like, um, and, and really, it like literally began to vanish almost immediately after my housing subsidy was like secured up. And so, 100% stress related. It was just psoriasis, I think. I don't know. Um, it, that's what it looked like. It was like just really, really dry skin. Um, and just at the top of my thighs, like, yeah, I don't know, like the size of my hand maybe on one side and on the other side, like maybe the size of a toonie. Um, but yeah, it was kind of sore and itchy for a bit. Anyway, <laughs> that's all gone. I'm painting again. I'm feeling very optimistic about whatever the decision is going to be in the court. And I am, you know, feeling good enough about myself that I don't actually care <clears throat> what the decision is in the court. Because uh, here's a sentiment that I haven't shared with you yet. Um, so, and this is where the King thing, I suppose, might be relevant because, you know, other people who actually take the techniques that I have without taking all of these precautionary measures ahead of time, like if one of you listening to this have not, you know, claimed kingdom with your government and done all of that other stuff, crazy stuff that I've done. If, if you're just like, you know, living in the real world still, and you've got all that identification and whatever, and you were to put together a claim like mine, um, or similar to mine, you know, I believe that you might actually can have considerably more success than me. And the reason for that is because, and this is the part that I haven't shared, um, allegedly, and, you know, this is just speculation, could be old wives' tale, could be just, like, rumor, could be whatever. But, allegedly, um, friends that I have in my microcosm have told me that the lawyer that they have assigned to me from the city of Ottawa is, like, their number one. Um, like, you know, and they have good lawyers, right? So, there's people who have commented on the fact that they are very, very surprised that they are assigning this lawyer to me because this lawyer is basically the one that, like I said, I, I think I mentioned this before, but she, like, if there's a city council meeting, she's the one that's there. She's the one that's giving all of the legal advice to, like, she's their number one. And she's always assigned to me. I legitimately believe that she knows I'm a king. And she knows that I have these powers in court. And, um... Frankly, I think that uh, maybe even the city of Ottawa, like members on city council and the government officials and whatever, I think they know too. Um, and they just think that I don't know what powers I have if I want to go to the court and like arrest people and shit. And I do. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just not that kind of a king. Um, I just want to be left alone. And, uh, uh, you know, I want to enjoy my life. But I'm saying that because... Um, yeah, that's why I believe that defense counsel is willing to basically risk her job to make this go away, because if she does have to answer to this in front of a court, you know, I am. I'm King Sean, House of Andanham, Stephen King of God, and all of her documents prove it, and that changes the entire dynamic for everything, for everything. It'll never, like, it'll never be the same. So she 
needs to keep this out of court with whatever means she can do. And so she has literally pulled every trick she has up her sleeve, and it is still not going to be enough. I don't think. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I want you to know that, you know, she is definitely in cahoots with somebody over there at the courthouse, and it's not because they think I'm a joke. Um, I, I do think that they think I'm, like, ignorant with respect to the rules of civil procedure, but they know the king thing isn't a joke. So I think they do think that I'm, like, somewhat ignorant with respect to the law and what I can do in the courts and all that kind of stuff. 100% they think that. But they don't... I know for sure, the lawyer, she does not doubt that I'm King Sean Azavanda. Um, and, and that's been known for, like, two and a half years. That's how I got the housing subsidy as King Sean. Like, you know, this is old news for her. So... Um, that's definitely playing a, a factor here, and, uh, you know, it's the first time, really, and you've been a part of it, that the courts have, have, have like, done something. They've had a voice. Um, you know, they've been impartial most of the time, right? But this time they actually spoke, um, and only to me. And that is the sign. I'm not kidding you. That is the sign. The privileges from, you know, defense counsel whatever she had before, are gone, okay? And the courts communicated that to me, that, you know, and I'm holding on to that belief because, of course, you know, she's been around for a while. Um, she's going to know a number of judges and justices in her personal life or whatever, and that's my guess, is that she spent the, you know, remaining 10 days contacting these people privately and saying, I need this, I need this, I need this before this date. And just sending those emails saying, like, I requested to the court, they haven't responded. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Um, I'm almost sure. But what I do know for sure, and this is why I believe it's going to succeed, is that uh, I didn't receive motion materials. Right? So nothing was filed officially to have this decision come about and that in and of itself is a reflection of the fact that she broke the rules for a third time that's not twice that's three times um, the second time was when she asked the court when they were going to respond and shared that letter with me that was on the uh, Monday when she was already three days in default and I told her that they'd responded <laughs> so she, but she didn't let me know about that letter until I demanded that she share it with me and I didn't share my letter with her. I'm so thankful that I didn't do that now. Not that I think she... I mean, she wouldn't have shared it with the court anyway. She would have just, like, kept it. And it would have burned her even more. But I have the email where I told her. So, you know, she may not have seen the email, but she can't ever claim that she didn't know that I received a reply from the court because I told her I did. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's in big trouble, I think. That's what I think, because I'm gonna let the uh, I'm gonna let the judge off the hook. Um, but I but I'm letting them know in my email that you know that Mister addressing me as Mister and the several counts of perjury that she made in the statement. I'm gonna overlook all of it because I just believe the entire thing is a mistake, and that's how I wish to perceive it. But if it stands on the record, those are gonna be some very serious problems. Those are serious trespasses by a court judge, and then I will have cause to bring an action against Canada. 
as, as a country. And I don't want to have to do that. So let's just make this go away, and let's make Defense Council respond, and let's get an honorable justice before this matter who can provide remedies for me, as I'm asking for, in accordance with my rights under the UNCCPR, legally binding on Canada, for which these courts have remedy to provide for. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting because um, the one place that I figured I never wanted to be um, might end up, like, legitimately becoming my friggin' main source of, like, work and income and whatever. Um, because I am starting to believe that, you know, I might actually be one of the only few people in Canada anyway, um, or at least compared to those who are in government in Canada, um, who knows, like, how to manage a public trust, uh, you know, what, what kind of powers Canada has as a sovereign nation to create its own money, all of these things, and, you know, once they learn that as soon as they start, like, listening to me and fulfilling the positions of office that we already have um, in Canada, and I start telling them, like, you know, we could get everybody fed, no problem, and we could get everybody housed, no problem, and increase our economy all at the same time, and the only reason that we're not doing that is because we have ignoramuses holding position of office that have no idea how the economy actually works and what gives them the right to borrow that money in the first place. I believe they know that, um, and, uh, you know, th these courts are what give me the power to bring these people in and make them do the things that I want them to do. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Feeling very optimistic, people. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to let you go because I have been babbling for a bit, and I am hungry. So, uh, that's all for now. I'll be back soon.